a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Depravity. With the reveal that Tap Chitra is a force-sensitive Karelian pilot, this broadcaster is left only to gape in horror. Cat Cool and Pranks Paul stood up to face Thrawn, but in the process of dealing with their childhood emotions, they have absorbed him into themselves. I only wish that I could tell you this nightmare has ended, but you've yet to listen to the final episode. So the stars in the screen fade away to streaks of light as our heroes are in hyperspace. Are in hyperspace and jump. The trip between Ancien and Nirawan, for that is actually where That's the where artifact in question is, uh, and where we are headed, it's fairly easy for Tap and Lin to make those calculations once they're out of Ancien's pull because there's nobody really stopping them. It's not like the cruise pleasure liner is going to be like, stop that ship! As Tap is inputting the cord into the Nava computer, he like looks over his shoulder and sees Thrawn with great interest watching him do that. He's just like kind of standing behind him, holding his chin, kind of absorbing this process, which is relatively unfamiliar to him, the idea of having to put in coordinates. So Thrawn watches this for a few moments, then he turns to tap Dr. Chitra. The method with which your ship arrived was most efficacious. Would you care to explain it to me? Tap turns around looks down at his console, which has like a damage report uh, of all, everything that happened with a snapped off stabilizer and like various red indicator lights. I wouldn't say it was that efficacious, Commander. Thrawn smiles slightly. Still, my people would have much to learn from your technology. In some ways, it is most efficient relative to ours. At which point, Lynn re-enters from their room. Mm-hmm. She has changed into her Lynn clothes. Mm-hmm. What is young Lynn clothes? Mm, interesting. Yeah, you know, what's different about this? I think when Lynn was younger and more spry, she's wearing more loose-fitting clothes and more clothes that, like, restrict her movement less. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, an older Lynn who's more likely to find sniping positions to sort of move around and do that sort of stealthy stuff has a different set of wardrobe. You're right. I think she's wearing boots and shorts. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah and, like, a loose cotton shirt. Mm-hmm. And then she's in the process of transferring stuff from her tuxedo to her jacket. Yeah. She hasn't done it yet, so she just has them both. And she re-enters and sees how worried Tap's face is and sees that Thrawn isn't picking up on that because he hasn't mastered the xenology here Mm -hmm. and claps Thrawn on the shoulder. Mithra Nuruodo, leave him alone. He's going to be bothered about the ship for a while. Thrawn turns to regard Lin and says, of course, I meant no offense. Oh, you didn't cause any. He's just like, anxiety? Do you know that one? It is a term unfamiliar amongst the chase. Lucky for you. <laughs> and she goes and sits down at a desk that is covered in so many scraps of paper. Yeah. Nice and not very nice paper and lots and lots and lots of research. And she props up her feet and starts transferring things from pockets. Thrawn turns and looks at Tap and then about faces and follows Lynn into the room. Lynn, tell the rune, may I join you? Sure. He sits down and he's like sitting sort of bolt upright and then his eyes pass over the paper. Mm -hmm. His eyes brighten a bit. I see your people also use a wood pulp mixture in order to maintain their records. I had not realized that such a practice was common in the Republic. At that, her eyes light up and she 
like goes to grab Frina's invite from the tuxedo pocket. And like it always does, the omen letter Mm -hmm. falls out. And it flutters to near where Thrawn is. Yeah, it falls by his feet. And she brandishes the rice paper, flicks it. Yes, yes, your expeditionary library. Thrawn's eyes flare here. And then he gets fairly suspicious. And then he's silent for a long time. I'm most curious where you learned that name. She leans back in her chair. From my mentor, actually, Dr. Nabarlurin. She points up to the tack board where there's a picture of Nabar and Omen talking with a family Mm -hmm. at a dig. I guess I should describe them. Yeah. Nabar is a stately looking woman Mm -hmm. in her like later 50s. Mm -hmm. She's like salmon pink and has like brown eyes and is covered in tattoos that are in real pictograms Mm -hmm. and is talking to a green woman who is holding a calicory. Yeah. And Omen is a young man. He is Lethin, which Mm -hmm. means he is red. Red, yeah. He's not bright red. He's like a a dark red. Mm -hmm. And he has perfect brown eyes. (laughs) Um, And around Chun, he has a mosaic pattern, like mostly around the base that's like a sunburst. And for our listeners who may not know what the terms for the right leku is. Uh, Pranks, don't at me like this. Around his right lek, mm-hmm. he's got a, a mosaic pattern of like a, a sunburst. Yeah. He is crouched down and talking to a seven-year-old girl? A seven-year-old green girl. Who is like looking with a lot of interest at this like golden amulet with a bird on it mm-hmm. that is clearly related to the dig that mm-hmm. is happening in the background. Lynn points up at the salmon woman. The camera follows where she's pointing and then zooms a little bit in on the calicory and the music gets a little foreboding and dark. She points up. She's been looking for a place to archive a lot of our materials. Most people in the Republic don't use paper. And my people are in a terrible war zone. We are being enslaved constantly. It's terrible. And there's no good place to keep the records of Our practices, our tactics, our entire culture, it's going to be destroyed unless we can find a practical solution. Thrawn nods at that, a fate to be avoided, if at all possible. This Nabar Larun, was it? Nabar Larun, yes. Nabar Larun and I would appear to have much to discuss. Would you care to introduce the two of us? Oh, absolutely. Yes, I would love to, depending on, you know, how everything goes. Thrawn sits back sort of in his chair. Indeed. I believe we have much to learn from one another. She, like, looks up thoughtfully and relaxes into her chair. You know, I have met three of your people now, and all of you have been so much more open than all of the legends suggest. Thrawn inclines his head. While there is much truth in legends, it is dangerous to rely solely on them. She turns to him and smiles. I'm an anthropologist. You don't need to tell me that. But uh, the question still remains why we don't ever see your people. Why don't you participate in the Republic? Thrawn is silent for a few moments. My people prefer to look after their own. Yet you're interested in cultural exchange. Thrawn, like, smiles just slightly. I believe there is much that our societies could learn from one another. That's not exactly the same thing. Thrawn's brows kind of raise innocently. My apologies for my misunderstanding. There is no misunderstanding. You're doing that intentionally. There is a slight smile on Thrawn's lips. And I don't get the whole my people thing. Not if you understand this. I mean, this Chaffronisir is interested in one presumes stealing the great crystal of Antonai. Thrawn's gaze clouds a little bit when you say stealing. The Chiss are not a monolith. 
<laughs> that hadn't even occurred to Lynn, so she, like, glazes over slightly. What? What do you mean? Realizing that Thrawn has, like, inadvertently given away more than, like, Thrawn backpedals a bit. No societies without its tensions, of course. No, okay, I get it. So, like, you guys typically have a societal thing that you go with, and she flies in the face of that, and that's why they're sending you. Got it. But why are they specifically sending you is what I was getting to in the first place. Thrawn's eyes open a little bit, like, innocently. My abilities are uniquely suited to the task at hand. What abilities? I possess an interest in cultural artifacts. Okay, there we go. So you know about, like, the architects, for instance. Thrawn vision kicks in, and he nods. Okay, so like, and she reaches out and points his eyebrow pads. Those are also present in my species. You have ears like a human. There are so many similarities present across so many species throughout all of the galaxy. Thrawn is, like, very curious about this. Convergent evolution is one possibility, but with so many species spread over thousands and thousands of systems, the coincidence seems vanishingly unlikely. Vanishingly unlikely, right? Instead, it seems much more likely that there was an intentional design by somebody or a series of invaders setting something up and that this galaxy was intentionally constructed. We are not many people, but in fact one people. So while you might have delusions that you are protecting one people, you're simply sectioning off a portion of your people and not protecting the whole of them. You speak of relationships between species thousands, millions of light years away. A shared origin for so many species is highly improbable. <laughs> the art depicting all of the architects is present all across the systems. It's here now in your space. It's present in my culture. You talk of improbability, but once we eliminate the impossible, whatever reigns, however improbable, must be the truth. Thrawn like sinks back in his chair and his eyes glitter, a most apt turn of phrase. He's sort of ruminating over Lintelarun's words, and then he looks down and he sees the letter that has flittered near his feet, and he picks it up. He's going to hand it to her, mm -hmm. but in a moment, Thrawn vision passes, <laughs> and he sees swoops in some of the writing on mm -hmm. the front of the in letter. The in the rill that matches his memory of the Chiun. Oh, the writing system of Chiun? The writing system of Chiun, and he sees those two links, and then his eyes widen. He pauses for a second and then hands the envelope to Lin. Oh, sorry. She is flustered in taking it back. And he sits back. I believe there may be some merits to your theory, Lin tell the rune. Yeah, I know. For example... Thrawn rises, and he walks over to the desk where Lin tell is sitting. Will you permit me to... Test your theory. Yes, of course. All good theories deserve to be tested. I shall require a writing implement of some kind. She pulls a pen out of her pocket and hands it to him. He looks at the pen curiously and sees, like, the colloidal ink solution. Yeah. And he's, like, staring at it a little bit, and he turns it here and there upside down. He sits down, and then he writes his name, Mithron Nuruodo. In Chiun, he holds out his hand for the letter. She squints at him, but... She's so excited about a new writing system that she doesn't even notice and hands it over. He puts the two next to each other. Then, using his pen, he circles some swoops mm. and some lines and some breaks in the writing system. He has them write one on top of the other mm -hmm. and draws in a different colored ink relationships between the two. And oh, then, Lynn has a... It's like a... Yeah, it's one of those pens that lets pen. you switch. It's a multi-pen. It's a multi-pen. He switches to red and then draws relationships between the two and then hands it back to Lynn. Is this your writing system? Indeed. Furthermore, other links exist. 
if you would permit me. He takes his pen and he writes a word down. This is the word. Chitra. <laughs> like tap? The very same. I isolated these vowel sounds earlier. What does it mean? With a small smile, Thrawn says, go. <laughs> That's wonderful. Thrawn is like outright smiling now. Her eyes glow. She takes a letter opener and like carefully opens the letter, then pulls out the three sheets that Omen wrote and spreads them out on the desk. Thrawn's eyes also get brighter and he like hunches down next to her and then takes the multi pen, switches it to red and then starts doing the same connection thing. Lynn watches him do this for a while and is like helping because it's an active process. And then it's this letter mm -hmm. and it's laid out in the correct order. The way that the camera is positioned, it's like it's a really kind shot that mm -hmm. has both of them lit softly yeah. as they're like nerd studying mm -hmm. at this desk. And it's doing like a time shot thing as they're working. And her posture gets soft as she clearly takes time and reads the letter. Mm -hmm. And gets, like, pensive and withdrawn, but unlike we've seen her previously, when this subject has come up, she, like, gets happy and looks up at the photo and is a nice, happy Lynn. Aww. Who's in a good place. We look up at the photo, uh -huh. and Lynn's in a good place. And then we zoom in to the jungles behind in the photo. Oh, cool. So, yeah, that's really cool. There's, like, ferns and mm -hmm. stuff in the background. It, like, goes through those ferns. And when we come out, we are in the jungles of Nirawan. Nirawan system. 22 BBY. We see the ship passing into the orbit of a jungle planet. It's a rainforesty, extremely tropical planet with lots of blues and greens and rainforest canopies, lots of waterfalls, which are beautiful. It's very what children think rainforests are. Yeah, absolutely. Tap is setting the, as best he can, the economic independence down. He sets it down near where the... Um, the Hawk 290. The Hawk 290 is, which is by this fortress. Well, ruins. Mm -hmm. The entrance to ruins that is made of black stone. We see the awkward, like, the G9 riggers fins switch around yeah the rigger lands it's all very verdant and pretty mm -hmm. and then the ramp lowers and we're exiting thrawn looks down at the hawk 290 that's already parked there he gets a thoughtful look on his face and then he turns to tap and he asks innocently is there great variance in the capabilities of the hyperdrive engines of your ships Tap looks a little bashful. <laughs> yeah, um, our ship's hyperdrive isn't the fastest. We, we're going to spring for, for, for a faster a one. We're, our ship's a bum, Tap. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not surprised your friend beat us here. Lynn noogies Tap slightly and is mm -hmm. like, we'll get the better hyperdrive one day, but uh, <laughs> she's called the economic independence aspirationally. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. I like that a lot. Thrawn turns to Tap and Lynn. My deepest gratitude for your role in transporting me to this planet. Yes, this was nice. See you around. Tap, you all set? Tap takes one last look at the damage on the G9 rigger. Sure, Lintel. Thrawn regards them impassively and then strides purposefully in the direction of the hawk. Malish! Tap and Lynn head into the ruins. Mm -hmm. Where do we want to go first? Let's do Thrawn first. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Thrawn walks up the docking bay mm -hmm. and he finds, I assume, Thrynpo just like sitting in the cockpit. Yes. Working on a mm -hmm. data pad. Thrawn gives her a curt nod. <gasps> Commander! Lieutenant, I'm pleased that you are unharmed. Uh, your lips, sir. I'm afraid some fisticuffs were necessary. <laughs> 
He walks a little closer to her. I take it you have already made a survey of the immediate area. Indeed. The set of ruins is quite interesting. It seems to absorb energy. I detect no native peoples to the area. However, I have seen a number of this species swooping by. They continue to... It almost seems check on the ship. However, any attempts at communication I have made have failed. And she pulls up a picture of the bat species mm -hmm. that Severance Town's team had, like, a painting of. Thrawn gives a curt nod. I am pleased to see you are unharmed. However, time is of the essence. We must make our way into the ruins if we are to recover the artifact before our compatriots. Oh, they are still here? They're not leaving? Thrawn nods gravely. Ah. Then, yes, I suppose we should make quick haste. She scathingly looks thrown up and down. Are you suitably dressed for the environment, Commander? He twitches. God, what does he even say to this? He knows she's trolling him. Thrawn walks to the back of the quarters. God, what a brat. <laughs> uh, the camera lingers on Thrawn walking to the back of the ship, and it stops just short of where the doorway is. When Thrawn reemerges, he is dressed in a Chiss military uniform. Yeah, into their environment gear. Thrawn also takes the time to like gather some supplies on the ship. He left behind a lot of his gear on the train, mm -hmm. so he's basically restocking his utility belt and his supplies now because yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of it was a lost. Ditto, yeah. yeah. Our suitcases... Tap or suitcases. Oh, Tap's freak out on that subject is forthcoming. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't realized yet. We just got to keep moving. He's just happy to be alive just, right now. We just got to keep moving so that no one notices or thinks about it. Yep. Cool. You need to keep his mind busy. Uh-huh. When he comes back, Thrunpo has stopped smirking. Did you learn any more about Severance Tone? I've learned a great deal, Lieutenant. She, like, raises her eyebrows slightly. What I've learned will require further analysis before I'm prepared to make my recommendations. I have great confidence in your analysis. Thrawn's, like, eyebrow raises slightly. You flatter me, Lieutenant. And then he walks outside of the ship. And she rushes to catch up, as she always does. And we transition. So Tap has that big knife that Lynn gave him. It's not a knife that's a machete that's a actually machete. used for that. No, it's but not. But he's making a real go of it. He's really trying. He's not going ahead of Lynn, though. Absolutely not. So she is mostly keeping things away Here's what's from happening. Him. Lynn is actually using a machete yeah. to cut the things that are in their way. Yep. And Tap is trying to contribute. So he sees Lynn do this. And then he cuts like a little vine that he sees. Yeah. And then he cuts like a little branch. Oh, gosh. And he's like, he's being a good helper boy. He's having fun. He's having fun. That's he's having what a he's good doing. Time. Field work. How do we enter the ruins? I think the two of them are having a conversation aloud about the ruins and art that they see on the side mm -hmm. and translating with each other at various points. Lynn is stopping both of them as like an arrow whizzes by, as like a step crumbles in front of them, all that. Yes, I like that. What should we make to avoid this? Lore. It's lore. Tap is going to assist. Yeah. Cool. One success and like four advantage. Okay. Tap and Lynn are headed into this base. They have to cut back some foliage, but it is mostly smooth black stone. We have done this before, though. Mm -hmm. You on Onderon, I think, and me on Dathomir. Yep. We know what to expect. We know that these entrances are heavily trapped with mundane things. Yeah. Rocks. <laughs> yeah. Arrows. arrows. Like those sorts of things. Yep. It's mostly you reading aloud the Rakuten. Yeah. And Lynn pulling tap out of the, like, making the visual checks and pulling you off of the panels. Yeah. Before you activate them and keeping us away from the dart holes. Yeah. Yeah, and so I'm the one who's very focused on the actual 
language. Every time we aren't sure which direction to go next, I'm the one who's like, well, according to what we just read, left or right and something like that. And I'm not looking at the actual... You're not looking at things at all. Yeah, at architecture. uh, Every so often, you'll mention a thing where it's like... um, And as you can see, this phrase means glory to the infinite empire. Tap goes to step and she's like... Nope, it means that we sing its praises and then a bunch of darts come out of a Rakuten statue that has its mouth open. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, yeah. you know. A bunch of fun translation-based trap humor. Humor. Mm-hmm. This isn't a good segment. <laughs> <laughs> This is very extremely bad. It's very extremely bad, but it is. But it remains. They do that. And they wend their way further into the bowels of the temple. Yes, they get into the temple such that it is no longer open air. Mm -hmm. And when they do, it isn't like what they're used to anymore. There's like one last translation element. Mm -hmm. It says, know yourself and trust your friends. There will be no coming back. Lynn frowns at it and attempts to check the entrance for traps and doesn't see any, nods for a tap to come along with her. They both enter, and then a stone rolls over the entrance. Mm-hmm. They both instantly go running back to, like... And pound, pound on again, the door. Pound yeah. on the door, and it has no give. Lynn shoots it, but mm-hmm. of course it absorbs the Right, shot. because all the stone is because absorbent. Because all the stone is absorbent. She rechecks and makes sure that it's not, like, a pressure panel mm-hmm. or anything, and looks for sensors, and there's nothing. And she stands there frowning at it. Okay. Fieldwork. Fieldwork. This is actually fieldwork, buddy. Ready? This is very different from Onderon. Yes. This is the sort of thing that I get up to. Okay. Lead the way. Lin grabs his arm Mm -hmm. to keep track of him, and they proceed into the first room. Mm -hmm. It is, oddly enough, lit. Mm -hmm. It is just like a square black room that closes as soon as they enter it Mm -hmm. behind them. Like another thing rolls down. Lin frowns and kicks the door, and it does nothing again. There are two separate openings in Mm -hmm. front of them. Above the two doors, it says, the most righteous path is the one walked with others. However, no two paths start the same. Choose yours. Tap is seeing this Hmm. in basic, and Lin is seeing this in real. Interesting. Yeah. Tap turns to Lin immediately. Strange choice of script, Lintel. Oh, uh, she pulls out her notebook and starts desperately writing. Tap pulls out a wafer from his fanny pack <laughs> and he starts munching. And then he looks over at Lynn and he looks down at her notebook. Lintel, are you all right? Huh? Well, I just mean, and he points directly at the notebook and he says, are, are you translating? What? No. Uh, no, you don't need to worry about the taps. This is something else. Should we go the same way or a different way, do you think? Well, let's see if we can arrange the letters and see if there's some sort of cipher. Um, He takes out like a piece of chalk and he walks up to the side of it and he writes in high galactic <laughs> T. That's very funny. <laughs> Lynn pinches the bridge of her nose. Tap. No, it's not. It's not actually in basic. It's uh, It's like, this is a thinking puzzle, Tap. Tap looks up and then he looks down. Oh, so... You, and then his eyes widen and he says, Rill. Yes, I see it in Rill. Oh, so the script itself is not significant. He looks at Lintel. Lintel, could you do me a favor? Sure. Could you stand? And he like grabs her shoulders and then places her 10 feet back Mm -hmm. from the door on the left. And then he walks over to an opposite corner, stands there for a few moments, then starts walking towards the door and then watches to see if anything changes. Nothing changes. Lintel, would you mind walking towards the door? As well? Lynn walks towards her door. Tap 
advances and it looks like he's going in the direction of the opposite door and then at the last moment he swerves and tries to meet lynn at the same time at that same door he's able to nothing about these doors is changing he grabs lynn's hand and tries to walk to the same door with her so you start to pull her in the direction of the right hand one and mm-hmm. lynn goes whoa hold on why are we going to the right we have to start somewhere lintel well yes but why is the right instead of the left do you think we should go left i think i prefer left oh uh, oh okay i um Tep is about to say, well, that was just what I... And then he looks at his longtime friend and says, if you want to go left, we can go left. Okay, cool. And she grabs him and they head down the left-hand path. So the two Chiss... Yeah, the Chiss, we see them retracing the steps of the other two. They're using the same path. Mm-hmm. Because they waited and watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah and uh, doing similar analysis. But mm-hmm. they get to observe a lot more of the surrounding. Thrawn should make a perception check. Okay. Uh, cool. Actually, not cool. One disadvantage. One threat. So he doesn't see anything useful. Yeah. He doesn't see the stuff that's going on. But he does notice a lot of cool things about the environment. He sees that it isn't just Rakuten script. There's also stuff that, like, kind of looks like basic, like a weird form of basic. Yeah. The black rock extends all the way up through a nearby cave structure, Mm -hmm. leading up to a tower up on a rock that has, like, five points there's also a bunch of like lakes nearby mm-hmm. that are really, really pretty. And like waterfalls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's stuff to get distracted. He's by. gathering a lot of data. Thrimpo notices him getting distracted. Yeah, that does really look like a hand, huh? Thrawn turns directly to the structures indicating and he says, a striking structure. They get to the thing. Mm-hmm. They go inside and the door closes behind them. And neither of them hits it. Instead, they just narrow their eyes slightly. They narrow their eyes and keep walking forward. Uh, cause yes. just... And they see the message in tune. Thrawn turns to Thrinpo. He strokes his chin a bit. When we eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. So what are you suggesting? It's highly unlikely that the builders would have selected Chiyun to write the directions of this temple. It was not developed at the time. So... Therefore, I can only conclude that it is... Some sort of mental intrusion. A thinking temple? Perhaps. Thrunpo enters a bunch of rapid data into her pad. How are we to proceed? Thorn just walks up to the right path. He turns around and looks at Thrunpo mm-hmm. and just gestures that she should go left. And then he keeps walking. Why? 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 Uh, and he's already gone. She looks thoughtful mm-hmm. and then starts down the left path. So... The two chests split off, and we see the humanoid figures going on either direction of the camera and moving out of frame. Oh, is there, like, shadow? Yeah, and there's shadows, and then the camera goes down to a floor. When it pans up, you see two shadows standing next to each other. Yeah. And they're of our heroes. That's good. I like that a lot. And they're in front of a room. It's another door. And above the door, in basic and real, respectively, it says, Reconciliation. Tap starts to walk into it. Lynn grabs him by the scruff Mm -hmm. and keeps him there and then peeks her head inside. Okay. I'm going to make a perception. Sure. A success and two threat. The threat here is Tap is like rubbing his neck a little bit and Lynn feels a little bad because she pulled him a little too hard. It's worse. Lynn hasn't even noticed. Oh, that's sad. It is sad. So Tap takes three strain. Oh, Poor tap. Womp, womp, womp. And uncomplainingly, he just starts rubbing his neck. He shoots a little, a wounded glance at Lynn and follows meekly behind her. She's focused on the thing, but she's not going into the room. She's glancing around. So what is this room? When you enter this room, it's a monochrome room. And what's interesting about it is that as soon as Lynn sets foot inside it, her perception changes to monochrome. Inside the room, there is a large stone table that is gray. And on top of the stone table are a 
series of figurines. Some of the figurines are black and some of the figurines are white. Above the stone table suspended are two scales. And there is a door that obviously is the exit out of this room. And that's pretty much all you can see. Lynn cautiously like puts one foot inside the room and mm-hmm. presses hard to see if anything changes. Yep, nothing happens. Nothing happens. And then she like grabs back for Tap's arm, reaches blindly and pulls him along into the room and walks up to the table. Okay. If you peer at the table, you can see in writing in your language of choice. Yeah. Balance and harmony are often a matter of perspective. Balance and harmony are often a matter of perspective. And if you look at the table mm-hmm. and you look at the figurines, mm-hmm. they are... Different sizes. They're different sizes, different shapes, yep. and a lot of them are Daedric hollow chest pieces. Some of them are white, some of them are black, but there's like a Mantellian savrip. Yep. There's like various beasties. And they're almost arranged like children's chest toys, like spread out over a table. But they're made of stone. Okay. She looks to where the exit is. Mm -hmm. How is it set against the table? The exit is just behind the table. So you can see the table is about three quarters of the way into the room. Mm -hmm. And then behind it is the exit, which is like a stone slab. And there's no way of lifting it. There's no visible mechanism of raising up the door. Uh, Are there chairs? No. Is there any other place to sit in the room? No. You can sit on the table. There's room for you. Sure. Are there any viewpoints or anything? No. There are no windows or ports in the room. Tap? Mm Mm-hmm. Would you mind sitting on the table for a moment? I would love to, Dr. LaRue. Thank you. He sits on the table. She takes two pieces of... The figurines. Yeah. Are there any that are equal in size and shape? Yeah. There is a Mantellian Savrip on one side that is white and a Mantellian Savrip on one side that is black. Okay. And places them on the scale. The scales. To see what happens in the room. When you place the white figure on the scale, it glows faintly. Mm Mm-hmm. And then when you place the black figure on the scale, it also glows. Both figurines instantly disappear and then reappear back on the table. Interesting. Huh. Okay. She squints and takes the same pieces and puts them on the opposite scale. When she puts the black figure down on the opposite side of the scale, Mm -hmm. it glows. And then when she places the white figure down on the other side of the scale, it glows. Both disappear and reappear back on the table. Okay. She puts a black and white figure on the same side of the scale. Uh, They both glow and they don't disappear. And she puts a black and white figure on the other side of the scale. They keep glowing. She looks over at the door. No reaction from the door. She counts up how many figures there are. Mm -hmm. Is it an even number? Yes. Okay. She puts the rest of the black and white figures in pairs on opposite sides of the scale. So if I understand correctly, you are putting, let's say, a black savrip and a white savrip on one side. Yes. And then a black savrip and a white savrip on the other side. Okay. Until it's all the way full up. Once all of the figures are full up, they disappear and they all reappear back on the table. Her leku like curl a bit. Mm -hmm. Tap has a wafer and he's eating it and he looks down at his pouch and he opens it and he has like 17 left Mm -hmm. and he picks up a wafer and he gives it to Lynn. Lynn takes it, thanks, and starts nibbling on it. So what do you think is going on? Well, I would have thought, you know, some sort of pressure release thing to get the door to open that had to do with the idea of two armies fighting and mm-hmm. then assuming some sort of reconciliation between the two. Oh, so you put one of each side on the scales and then they came back and then you, you mixed them up and you put them both on the different scales? Yes, but I don't want to put like the entire armies on either sides because I don't want them to war with each other, you know? Hmm. Do you think that they need to do that because they need to war first to be able to reconcile in the first place? Well, I don't think I would have made it here without you. And I don't know what I would have done if we'd split up. But we didn't start at the same side. That's a good point, Tap. 
So she takes all the figures from both armies and puts them on the scale first. So all the white figures on one side and all the black figures on the other side. Mm -hmm. And they stop. Yeah, they stop. They do not disappear yet. They do not. Do but not, nothing happens. But nothing happens. Yeah. And then she starts swapping them around mm -hmm. so that they are like a black figure on one side and a white figure on the other. And basically does the thing that she just did. Mm -hmm. But just so that there had been a war in the first place. Yeah. There is a tone and the door starts slowly sliding upward. Her eyes light up and she looks up at Tap excitedly. Tap is delighted that the door is going up and he gets to walk. Uh, <laughs> and he gets up off the table where he'd been sitting. And then he like raises his hands up high and slaps his knees and says, field work is excellent. It is! Tap! <laughs> yeah! And so then they continue walking down that path. Yeah. We can cut to Blue Boy now. Yeah, we'll cut over to Blue Boy. Mithranu Ruodo enters a room and the door closes behind him. In it, there are two possible doors. In front of the two doors are four figures that are separated into like two packs surrounding shields. One shield is red and one shield is blue. They are an unknown species but look somewhat dog-like and are wearing caps. One set of the two figures' heads appear below each portion of the shield and one set of figures' the heads appear above each portion of the shields. They are each in combination holding a set of pikes. They look at Mithranurodo, the top two figures, the heads poking out silently, and the bottom two figures with great interest. Oi! Who goes there? Thrawn straightens, I'm Mithranurodo of the Chiss Expansionary Defense Force. All right, then. Well, we're the door guardians. Thrawn says, may I pass? Well, you may, but only through one door. And the other one goes, yes, only through one door. And you only have one shot at it. And the other one says, and that's important. Because one door leads pretty much straight through this thing. And the other door, and it swaps back to the other guy. Yes, the other door is bad news. A bad news door, that. And then they just look at you. God, how did, how did Jennifer Connolly solve this? I don't remember this. I am going to walk directly up to one of the doors. May I peer into this door without walking through it? No. No, you can't do that. In fact, the only way you can interact with that doors is through us. Well, and the other goes, well, not through us, through them. And they both point up at the two heads above them that are currently sleeping. Mm -hmm. Then the other one goes, oh, but don't waste it. Don't waste it. You have one shot at interacting with them. They will answer one question, one question for you. And by that, by that one question, you may determine which door is the safe door through which to enter. Thrawn nods courteously and he says, One question is permitted of both heads? Oh, no. Luxuriant, this one. This one thinks he gets two questions. No. One question, period. But, oh, gosh. We should, we should have informed them of this. This, oh, remiss of us, this. Remiss of us. One guardian. One guardian always tells the truth. And one guardian, right. mm -hmm. one guardian always lies. Mm -hmm. And then it does a little shruggy shrug. Difficult, that. Thrawn looks at the left dog mm -hmm. with the blue cap. Mm -hmm. And then Thrawn looks at the dog on the right with the red cap. He squints and then he turns to the blue cap dog and he takes out his cherik mm -hmm. and he cocks it. If you were to flee in a safe direction from a superior enemy with superior firepower, which door would you choose? <laughs> and then he points it directly at the blue cap dog's face. Um, oh, the, the, oh, the lying dog. 
dog says, that door, and nudges at that one. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thrawn walks over to the red cap dog. The possibility that both of you are lying to me has entered my mind. He trains his blaster almost carelessly over the red cap dog's face. I confess that I am a stranger to these parts. I would greatly appreciate having a guide. If you would be so kind as to lead the way into the safe door. And then he carelessly shoots right next to that dog's head. <laughs> Make a coercion check. Cool. And I am going to spend an evil point. I've seen those original puppets at the uh, Atlanta oh, cool. Puppetry Museum. They're very faded and very old now. Aww. They're sad boys. A success and an advantage. Uh, so Thrawn brandishes his Cherik yeah. and he shoots almost carelessly right near the dog's head. And all of the dogs, you know, shudder. And the door opposite to the one that had been announced by mm-hmm. the, in fact, the safe path, mm-hmm. not the one that you were told to go down, yeah. opens up. The dog gets down from the perch and leaves the shield to their upside down brethren who bumps their head. Oh! <laughs> And hesitantly walks with you. Mm-hmm. So you go through the passage. Yeah. As soon as you do, the door closes behind you. The dog turns and nods and disappears. Thrawn gives a slight smile and then holsters his cherik. He is now on a long, like a really long path that is lit, but has a steep drop off into a cavernous abyss. Mm -hmm. The camera goes down into the abyss, Mm -hmm. and then we pull up into a warm, lit cavern where the good kids are. So what's before us are a series of, like, tiles and pressure plates, and they're, like, different colors. Okay. Tap is still munching on a wafer. Lintel, how far do you think we are from the center of the temple? I have no way of knowing. Hmm. What do you think this is? And he points at the pressure plates. Uh, they're, well, looking at them, they're colored tiles. Hmm. Tap considers and then picks a rock off the ground and just chucks it at one of the tiles. Tap, what? What happens? Lynn screams, and as soon as the rock hits the panel, mm-hmm. flames and darts start shooting out of different compartments all over the room. Mm-hmm. Lynn has to dive and roll to protect Tap. Mm-hmm. She gets like hit in the shoulder by some darts and takes some damage, and Tap ends up taking some strain as he gets like buffered. Yeah, he feels bad. They roll out, and Lynn's laying on the ground, breathing heavily. What the hell? Uh, I'm sorry, Lintel. I thought we might be able to reveal the path by triggering the trap in advance. I I didn't think that it would trigger all at once. We don't even know that it has triggered all at once. Tap cautiously leans forward to see if there are any ports, and then thinks better of putting his head back out in the danger zone. I don't think I'm cut out for field work. Oh no. This is so sad. Lin's face falls slightly. What do you mean? You were doing fine in the last room. The last room was all you. No, you helped. Tap, you helped in the last room. You shouldn't be so mercurial about these things. Well, it's, everything changes so fast. I don't, I frankly don't understand how you're able to, I don't know, treat everything with such calm. There are crazy things happening around us. You just adapt as the situation changes. You have to adjust to the world around you. Tap considers this. I think steadfastness is a virtue. And we can't let situations change who we are. Steadfastness is a virtue. We can't let things change who we are. Tradition? All of that? I thought that you hated tradition. Depends on where it's from. What about Corellia? What about Corellia? He says through clenched teeth. (laughs) 
A uh, whole lot of tradition coming out of Corellia Tap. Whole lot of resistance to change, last I checked. And she hesitantly steps onto a panel that isn't marked mm-hmm. and sees what happens. She stays there, and the panel's like glowing uh, and slowly depressing, basically. And Tap sees that she's moving there, and he folds his arms. Well, what about Ryloth? <laughs> Frig. Lin, who had been looking at him, turns away from him completely and is trying to analyze this entire thing on her own. Mm-hmm. She doesn't acknowledge him Mm -hmm. and steps forward. Uh, This tile is in the corner Uh and there's like a dumb Scooby-Doo library panel and it flips around and suddenly she's on the other side. Lynn, goodbye, Lynn. Tap looks shocked and then he sits down on the ground and his eyes go wide and then we cut. So I think the Scooby-Doo thing, it's very scary because from Tap's perspective, this whole segment that she steps into, it's like a circle and it like goes around in a circle and shumps her off into the distance and into the unknown, Mm -hmm. right? From Lynn's perspective, it basically turns into a slide and she is shimped off into you know she mm-hmm. and she's like folding her arms and she's just like annoyed yes as she goes shooting around she like spreads out so so she minimizes her falling damage that she will eventually take mm-hmm. the most deadly damage the most deadly damage and she gets dumped out into a square room mm-hmm. uh with a closed off exit Do you want to describe it for me, Pranks? Yeah. Lynn is deposited in a square room with a closed-off exit. Uh There are two doors. Uh In front of the doors are four figures, one of which is a dog Uh upside down Uh with a blue cap. Oh. And... (laughs) Oh, really? The other of which is a dog upside down with a red cap. Okay. Above both of those dogs are two snoozing dog heads. Okay. Connecting the bodies of the... Dogs on the left and the dogs on the right are shields. And on either side of the dogs, they are clutching pikes. You got it. Uh, Lynn slowly stands and is massaging her her butt. She looks at the four dogs and looks at the ones awake and tries, uh, tries Attic Teonian. Hello? The dogs respond to her in real. Hello there. She whaps herself on the head. Hello. Took the rough way up, did you? Well, it certainly wasn't easy. The dog on the right, who I've decided is a Ringo Starr dog, says, um, (laughs) the one who came before you took the easy way in. Which one was that? The dog on the left says, your blue friend. I've, well, I don't know that. Well, which one? He's a bit of a wanker, really. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) So, two doors. Mm Mm-hmm. They both say in unison. What's the deal? Well, one of them's safe, isn't it? And one of them will lead you to your doom. I'm going to step back, actually. If you wouldn't mind permitting me. She sits down on the floor in front of them and pulls out a notebook. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how long have you guarded these doors? Oh, time has no meaning here. Right. That's what I figured. Were you put in place here by the architects? Were you put in place here by the wills? The dog on the right, who's slightly more suspicious, is call it what you like. <laughs> At the suspicion, she like puts on her most winning smile. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's no need for any of that. I feel like we're all friends here. It's just not often do I get to talk to someone who's worked with anyone as cool and as grand as the wills. The dog on the left says, uh, I know you're trying a bit of flattery, but... Let's just say it's way better than what happened before. <laughs> Darling, 
she like writes down door guardians said architects and wills equivalent question marks mm -hmm. it's just if i could take maybe 20 30 minutes of your time to maybe talk about the construction of this place and what it was like to be alive during that time oh. maybe not even alive just you know have an existence have sapience anything i'd love to have that conversation with you but i'm afraid you don't have the time you see, your friend's got a bit of a leg up on you. Ugh, no. Lynn looks very heartbroken. She looks at her notebook and looks at all of the dogs, and, like, the two sleeping ones have woken up and mm -hmm. are looking at her. The dog on the left says, Oh, now we've gone and bummed her out! <laughs> and then the dog on the right says, Don't worry about it, she'll get there someday. She looks up with a small bit of hope still in her eyes. But you'll be here later still, right? The dog on the right says, sure. Wynne sighs, closes her notebook, and puts it back in her pocket, and brushes off her pants and stands up. Okay, what's your puzzle, dogs? So, I don't know, do you want me to say the same they, thing? They explain the they puzzle. They explain the puzzle. And, like, while they explain, there's, like, a montage of them explaining. So mm -hmm. then she's, like, leaning in the wall between them. Mm -hmm. So, one of them always lies, and one of them always tells the truth. Only one passage is safe, and I can only ask one question, and it's not like there's any correlation between the one who's lying and the unsafe door sort of thing. Got it? Uh, that's about... The shape of things? Got it, says the one on the left. Lynn taps her chin. Okay. Okay. So she looks at the dog who's been nice to her. Mm -hmm. The one who said that she'd get it someday. Which door would he tell me is the safe door to go through? The dog considers, looks up, smiles, and says, this one. She goes and knocks on the other door. The door swings open. She turns to the dog's malish and heads on through. Well, this one was much nicer. <laughs> We cut back to Tap and Thrinpo. Yeah. Tap is sitting on the ground, and he has his comm link out, and he's pressing the call Lintel button over and over and over again, and nothing's happening. Uh -huh. He gets up, and he, like, screws up his courage to the sticking place, and he takes a single step forward on one of the panels, ah! and whoosh, and it, like, just singes, like, the front, oh, no, the front of his hair. Oh, no, Tap! Well, all right, then. <laughs> And then he turns around. And Thrinpo has stepped through the door. Mm -hmm. She saw the fire and looks just as nervous and shaken as he does. Yeah. Oh, uh, hello. I'm, uh, I'm Dr. Chitra. What language he is he using? Uh, is it basic? Basic, yeah. Okay. And um, he holds his hand up. She responds in basic. Oh, uh, I'm Mithrypnophorian. And hesitantly goes and then takes his hand and shakes it. Yeah, they both shake hands and then, uh... She's, like, bowing slightly <laughs> into the handshake. This room is much nicer with company. I'm glad you came. Uh, are you a friend of Mithron Nuruodos? She thinks slightly and then, like, meets your eyes and says, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, well, hmm bit awkward actually um would you be willing to help me get through any gestures this perhaps i'm you trying see, to reach the end you see me too and i'm afraid my companion went on ahead and well she's always been a bit headstrong and well i'm really worried about her to be perfectly honest i will admit that i am similarly worried about the commander tap nods soberly and he says your commander is very clever but she nods when he says but <laughs> we should hurry <laughs> <laughs> she steps up onto the same thing that he has stepped up onto tap winces and then when there's no flame he brightens a little bit and then he offers her an elbow gallantly uh-huh she takes it how do we proceed 
hmm, together, I think. And then he puts one foot on the square in front of him. She puts the opposite one, and they both step on. And they both wince and cringe. Nothing happens. And nothing happens. Okay. Then, in the same fashion, there's a montage of, like, their feet (laughs) in alternate pathways going left, right, left, right, until they make it. So they're doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. However, the last few panels, if you notice, widen out Mm -hmm. a great deal. So the final thing is going to involve a slight athletics check. Okay. Tap is, like, pretty happy that they've made it this far, Mm -hmm. but then he looks at the last few steps, and his expression sobers a bit. He looks at Thrinpo. Thrinpo looks at him nervously and goes, (laughs) We jump on the count of three? Nothing's too much for the superior warriors of the chess. At this, (laughs) he barks a laugh, and then they attempt an athletics check. So what's the difficulty here? It should be average. Okay. Tap succeeds with flying colors, one success and two advantage. Let's see how I do. (laughs) So yes, Tap succeeds quite well. Um, Tap. That was two (laughs) failures. Oh, no. That was two failures and a threat. threat. Well, Tap makes the jump and lands and like has his arm out ready to catch her has his arm out ready to catch her but notices that as soon as he left her as soon as they separated they'd been doing fine with separating before right but that was much easier because the steps were closer together yes and this one has like a blink 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 time release yeah so they like both notice and she quickly tries to make the jump but Mm -hmm. she doesn't grab his hand she falls onto the thing and as soon as she falls to a different step yeah yes there's a whirring Mm -hmm. and she goes basically she falls through the floor and then a panel slides over her and then tap jumps back just before a spurt of flame comes up from the panel that he was on yes and then his shoulders slump down and he starts wondering if he's cursed Oh, he's a very dramatic boy. He is. He's extremely dramatic. Why is, why is he like this? He is. He's very theatrical. It's it's a lot, Tap. It's a lot. He has a lot of dads. I'm just going to say it's a lot. He's got a lot of dads. Oh, my. Okay. And they all treat him like he's special. That's the problem. So Tap, being a very dramatic boy, squares his shoulders and heads into a darkened passage. Mm-hmm. We are going into... The into the final room mm-hmm. where the great crystal of Antonai is. I'm going to say the crystal itself yeah. is illuminated. Yes. And then you can also see two red points of light right next to it. Yep, yep. The camera passes down low behind Lynn as she climbs her way up to this pedestal. Oh, cool, cool. What's our room like? So I'm thinking this is a room with a lot of columns in it that are rising up from the bottom because this is like yep. at the apex of the temple. Right. You have to hop from column to column to column to column to get all the way to the what top. A scary room. And there's a central pillar mm-hmm. which this pedestal is on. And then there's a single skylight from which light is shining down directly on the pedestal and just lighting that one part of the crystal, Mm -hmm. which is lighting the crystal and making the crystal sort of pulse and glow. Mm -hmm. But the other areas surrounding the pedestal are dark Mm -hmm. and Lynn can see that red crystal pulsing as she's climbing, getting closer. And when she gets close enough, she also sees two red points of light next to it. Lynn frowns and like wipes some of the well she hasn't been damp she's not bloody anymore no but she has like dirt she's yeah she's and, got like schmutz on her oh and she's bandaged because yeah. her knuckles were all bloodied from fights and stuff and like girds herself to deal with this and says hey mitra nurodo and then like swings and climbs up onto the thing thron's eyes blaze brilliantly and he turns to her then tell the rune 
I congratulate you on making it into the pedestal room. Weren't able to arrest your person earlier in the thing, huh? <laughs> Thrawn regards her for a few moments. I take it your companion slowed your way here. Lynn, like, folds her arms and takes a step towards him. I thought I impressed upon you the importance of this crystal not falling into the hands of anyone who would use it for warfare or any personal gain. It belongs to Onderon. Thrawn's eyes blaze. I will do what is necessary to protect my people. This frustrates her. <laughs> um, which people? The Chiss, as long as they will have me. She glares and looks at the pedestal. Then why are you still here? Thrawn <laughs> almost looks... If he were capable of it, he would be looking embarrassed now. I encountered some difficulties with the removal of the artifact. <laughs> she quirks an eyebrow. Uh, by way of demonstration, he grabs the object and it won't give. Then, keeping his eyes trained on her, he takes both hands, grabs the object. It still will not give. Then he reaches into his pouch and takes out a crowbar. Right. And begins prying the object. And when he removes the crowbar, it's bent. Mm -hmm. He replaces the tool and sort of spreads his hands as Maybe it just in knows a you see gesture. Maybe it just knows you're a jerk. And she reaches over and tries to remove it. Thrawn's eyes glitter and he turns to her and he says, It would appear that makes two of us. As it does nothing. Yeah. All right, smart guy. She crouches and starts inspecting the base to see if anything is holding it there. I guess she can make a check. She succeeds. There is nothing visible, which is affixing the stone to the pedestal. Does it say anything? What Lynn does see, if she looks very, very close, mm -hmm. are a set of tiny humanoid figures all touching the crystal. They are joined mm -hmm. around the crystal with one hand on the crystal and one hand holding the person next to them. Oh, okay. Joined in a circle. She... Glints. And there are sets of two people. Yeah, There's two humanoid I, figures holding hands it. with each other and holding the crystal. She squints. Thrawn like leans forward excitedly in spite of himself. Lintel the rune. You've discovered something. She squints at him and then leans back against the pedestal. I guess he'll make a... What's the like bullshit Sherlock check to figure out what's going on here? Is it perception? It's perception. Okay. Thrawn's eyes glitter. Of course. Hmm. I'm not working with you. We appear to be at an impasse. Lintel the rune. Tell me what you would wish for this crystal. It belongs in the temple. It belongs to the people of Onderon who lost it long ago. You don't know how it contributed to their ecosystem. I think, based on the notes, that it had to do with their agriculture system. Thrawn is silent for several long moments. And what would prevent a future marauding party from returning to Onderon, claiming the crystal for itself, and sowing even more discord and strife throughout your republic? What guarantee do I have that you would be able to prevent this crystal from falling into the wrong hands? What does that have anything to do with the price of eggs? Thrawn is just silent. After a few moments, he says, Your Republic is filled with chaos and discord. And your chist space isn't? Just because you apparently have some super unified society, uh doesn't mean things aren't going on there like forgive me but i've seen a few other chis now and uh pretty sure things are chaotic back home thrawn god this wouldn't cause him to lose his cool because he like never loses his cool no he just gets thoughtful right yeah so yeah. he gets quiet and he thoughtful, gets quiet and thoughtful and, and she steps more comfortably into his space not like invading it yeah and, sure but she's um, just like she's more, like chatting with more, him yeah yeah yes Things get more chaotic when you get more people involved and more societies. But they also get 
far more interesting. That's just the way of things. There's no reason to seclude yourself. That makes limited experiences, and they frankly aren't worthwhile. Thrawn kind of frowns at the aren't worthwhile part, and then he turns to Lintel and says quietly, Your interactions with my people have been non-representative. And what makes you think your idea of the Republic's representative? I would welcome the chance to learn more about it. And he takes a step towards her. But that is not the matter at hand. The matter at hand is what happens to this crystal. I am concerned about what may happen to it if it is returned to its original position. Fi, you know nothing about that place. I am trying to take it to a temple, Thrawn, where it will mostly sit gathering dust and probably heal some people. Thrawn scratches his chin. A noble sentiment, but one that comes without guarantee. Yes, I can't guarantee. I don't know what you're asking me to guarantee. I'm just a scholar. What do you want from me? I would be able to preserve this artifact. I would be able to keep it from falling into the wrong hands. Why? Because you're some big wig in Chiss society? Thrawn turns away. I have talents. Okay, uh, sure. But, like, when Chaffronisir comes and tries to steal it from you to do whatever she wants to do... Forgive me, but I would much rather it be deep within Republic space. He kind of whirls on her and says, and if she steals it back then? I thought she was your problem. Thrawn kind of sits back. She's a free agent. At this point, a chiss sitting upon a blue rose droid lowers from the ceiling above them and says, Indeed I am, and my, is it rude to talk about people when they aren't there, you two? The ceiling of this tavern is a lot of stalactites, Mm -hmm. but there's also, it's like the open air of the thing again. It's like really pretty in here because Mm -hmm. there's, how to explain? Which you can't see from when you're climbing up towards it Mm -hmm. because the ceiling is lit and the light for whatever reason stops. Yeah. And so you can see a bunch of beautiful reliefs and like frescoes really like up on the top of the wall. And then you can start to see the canopies of the trees. Yeah. And now that they're looking up, she is like all lit by this. Yeah. Um, Extremely dramatically. Very, very dramatically and it is our good friend Chaffronisir she is sitting there with her hands on either side of her cane and she's perched her feet resting on it in kind of a frog-legged pose Mm -hmm. she like smiles at them both and puts her hand on the crystal it pulses yep Thrawn like without missing a beat turns to face her and says Chaffronisir Frina please Lintel Larun and I were just discussing the ultimate fate of this crystal care to weigh in Absolutely. What's the current thought path? I believe the crystal should return to Chiss space where it can be protected. Oh, I think it should be taken to Chiss space where it can be used. We have a problem. Lynn narrows her eyes, looks at Thrawn confused, and then looks at Chaffronisir. Thrawn doesn't, like, change his expression or register. Frina nods enthusiastically at Lynn. Yeah, yeah, we have a huge problem. South has had a really bad case of Xillian flu for, like, um... Gosh, it's been like a year and a half now, and uh, the problem is increasing and will affect the whole region if we don't nip it in the bud, and the Estakra hasn't done anything about it. So, yes, I would like to take this crystal and do something with it. She Um, looks pointedly at Thrawn. Thrawn looks pensive. Resources have not been allocated towards solving the problem? No, they've been used for war games. Thrawn looks stricken, and he sort of slouches back. And he's processing. Lynn looks between the two. Look, 
I understand that there are lots of problems with your society, and I appreciate that you need medical help. But the fact of the matter remains that this crystal was never supposed to be used for those purposes. It belongs in a temple! Thrawn considers. <laughs> he looks at Lynn. He looks at Frina. And then really, really quickly, he rushes for the crystal. Uh, no! Lynn is going to punch him! Okay, let's do this. This is cool. Yeah. So we'll make a post cool checks. We'll Does that work? We'll make post cool checks. One success. Three successes. So she clocks him. Yes. Lynn punches Thrawn hard. How big is this dais? Like about the size of this table. Okay. I don't have enough for knockback. So Thrawn gets clocked hard in the chin, and then Lynn situates her body between him and the crystal. Thrawn looks at Lynn, and we go into Thrawn vision. <laughs> yes! Uh, and, Fuck, I love our game! This is very bad! And he uses Stroke of Genius. So uh, this is just a melee attack. You also got this. Oh, because of our armor? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to use evil on this. Good idea. Ugh. Man, blue boy. Damn. A success and a triumph. Terrible. So Thrawn faints in the direction of the crystal, and Lynn moves as if to block him. No! And then as she moves as if to block him, he follows through with his other fist mm. and solidly clocks her in the jaw. Yep. Yes, he does. How much damage is coming at her? Well, I mean, it's one success and a triumph. And your brawn is three. Yeah, so, so it wouldn't go through. Four damage. Yeah. Which is her soak. Yeah. I don't do much better. That's how much damage I do. You do four as well? I do four damage so total these, before. So these idiots are just going to keep <laughs> punching each other. It's a boy fight. All right, here we are. So <laughs> she did clock Thrawn. Yeah. And then Thrawn clocked her in return. And they both stand there rubbing their chins. Yeah. And just regarding each other. This is bad. This is really bad. What does Frenna do? God fucking damn it. These two beings of incredible intellect and discernment are moments away from their goal, and all they do is punch each other. <laughs> this is incredible. Uh, well, what's happening currently is a boy fight. Yeah. So Frina is watching excitedly. I think that's what's and happening. And clapping gleefully. Yeah. She's watching and has landed now onto the thing and is leaning against the pedestal with her elbow and hand touching mm -hmm. the thing. Man, Lynn's turn. I'm gonna take She's still rubbing her chin. Yes. She's rubbing her chin and thoughtfully looking at this jerk. She raises an eyebrow at him, then wraps a hand in a handkerchief, sizes up what she's going to do, and charges in to attempt to hit this sucker twice. Depending on how he counters, mm -hmm. we'll see how this goes. Sure. So this is the difficulty. Right, because it's raised by one because she's trying to double punch him. Yep. This is her check, and then I will upgrade that sucker. Cool. Lynn. She did it. I love her. Four successes. Thrawn. Okay, why don't you tell me what happened? I don't think it's enough to activate two up in fighting, though. It's not, but it is enough to do a lot of damage. Yeah, it's four successes and a threat. So that is eight damage coming at him. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's actually some damage. So she comes in making it look like she's going to fight him with two whole fists. She, like, does a kickboxing stance and attempts to punch into his solar plexus, and he, like, steps out of the 
the way. And she, like you're supposed to, goes for a jab, anticipating that he's going to block, lets him lean into the quick upper jab Mm -hmm. that catches him right on his cheekbone. Yeah, it catches him right on his cheekbone and tears his uniform a little bit. No, there's no reason for that, Pranks. How would it tear? How would a punch up on his face? She punches him so hard that like his pants fall off. I couldn't even say it. No. (laughs) Bless your heart. That's not what happens. What's the threat? The threat is that she's slightly off balance, and she's shifted her stance such that we then go into Thrawn vision. Okay. Thrawn Vision has like some stars on it right now because he's still like rubbing underneath his Aww. eye. And then he looks down and he sees that her like instep, she shifted her weight such that all he has to do is kick mm. on the inside of her shin so he can take advantage of that and try to bring her down to one knee. Cool. So he's going to do another brawl check. So one failure and two advantage. So he can't knock her off balance or do anything like that, but he can maneuver this better. Yeah. So he maneuvers himself such that he's brought up two fists in a low guard, and then he like shifts his weight such that he's now between her and the crystal. Yeah, that's definitely what it is. Like he foregoes an actual attack and just kind of maneuvers himself to be right next to the crystal. Frina is like, ha ha, good job! Lynn rolls mm-hmm. her eyes, assesses what she has to do, and darts forward, grabs a pant leg, and pulls him down mm-hmm. to try to pin him so that she'll be able to ideally reverse the positions into a thing. Like, mm-hmm. she's pulling him into a grapple to eventually be able to be between him and the crystal again. So, opposed athletics now. So mine is three purple. I want to upgrade. Damn. A failure with an advantage. What's her advantage? So they're like starting to grapple roughly because mm-hmm. that's how a lot of fights actually go. But he's not in any capacity pinned. He is holding his own entirely. Mm-hmm. But I want him to lose his gun. Cool. She kicks his Cherik yeah. out of the holster. She attempts to kick his hip and knock him off balance and misses but kicks the... Kicks the Cherik. Yeah, and it goes scattering off into clatters down the huge distance and mm-hmm. makes a very impressive scary noise. Mm-hmm. Thrawn briefly glances at the Cherik and refocuses on attention on her he tries to so they're basically grappling with each other right now is he on top or she i don't care okay i'm gonna say that they're side by side sort of grappling here yeah and thrawn just tries to kick out and kick her over the edge okay so he's gonna make a brawl check this is her armor this is the difficulty and i'm going to spend a dark side so thrawn kicks out tries to catch her in the chest push her over the edge I think he does it. I'm going to use the triumph because he does the damage of the actual kick. And then I'm going to use the triumph to make it so she's hanging over the edge of the the ledge here. That's good. So Thrawn kicks her really, really hard. And then with a satisfied grunt, sees her catch the edge of the ledge. Yeah, 100% catches the edge of the ledge. And then Thrawn rises and is running towards towards the crystal. At which point, good boy, Tachira comes falling into the room. All three parties turn and hear, Lintel! And there's a slide and good, good boy Tap Chitra like flies down the slide and lands unsteadily on his feet on the opposite edge of the platform from Lin, completely ignoring Thrawn, completely ignoring Frina. He runs to help his friend up and with one hand extends a hand to Lin and the other hand accidentally (laughs) grasps the great crystal. (laughs) 
as like to hold it and no in order to steady himself right, to steady himself to like be able to have a holding point yeah to, oh gosh and he's leaning and pushing back on his weight and pulling lynn up and as he does this frina looks at the crystal and looks at tap and uncertainly just lifts it up out of the pedestal thrawn makes like a leap mm-hmm. makes a leap for it so i'm gonna have him make a coordination check yep he fails with one disadvantage. Good. Um, the disadvantage is that while he's lunging, Frina kicks out a leg and socks him right on the chin. Mm-hmm. So, like, he rolls slightly to the side and is basically equidistant. Like, he and Lynn are on opposite sides of the thing, equidistant mm-hmm. from where she is. Which means they can only watch helplessly mm-hmm. as Frina's blue rose droid. Mm-hmm dramatically rises up above the pedestal too far for either of them to possibly leap up and catch her with the crystal and the shot travels directly under the blue rose and eventually the blue rose blocks the like single point of light (sighs) and then as frina gets farther and farther and farther away the light becomes larger and larger and larger and frina is completely gone meanwhile good good boy tap chitra is helping Lynn up with one hand, but because the crystal is now gone, Mm -hmm. he stumbles backwards Mm -hmm. and he pulls Lynn up, but the force of that pull causes him to tumble backwards. Him to fall backwards, so Lynn is now holding him desperately. Oh, God. He fell fast and hard. She went skidding Mm -hmm. and is now holding onto the ledge again. Oh, no! I've got you! I've got you! Just stay holding onto my arm! Don't let go! Don't look down! At which point... He obviously looks down. (laughs) Uh, The cavern is huge Mm -hmm. and Tap's eyes, like, zoom in. Mm -hmm. Buddy, stay with me! Thrawn looks down at Tap and Lynn struggling, Mm -hmm. and there's an expression on his face that's almost pity, but then he turns and climbs up the temple following Frina. Yep. The camera follows Thrawn as he makes the climb and it's it's a long slow climb but it's not impossible it's just much much faster if you're just uh, rising directly so imagine him scaling like the outer wall of where all these reliefs are and just doing a very slow like rock climbing thing and he finally gets to the top of the temple where he can see the plateau where both the hawk 290 and the g9 rigger were parked the g9 is still there but thrawn's eyes widen and he hears a repulsor sound. And as he turns, he sees Frina standing on the boarding ramp of the Hawk 290 as it's sort of like lilting up and down. Her droid, which was right behind her, travels, makes a noise and travels towards the cockpit of the Hawk 290. Yep. She stops talking to it. Yeah. And looks down directly at him. Thrawn looks up at her impassively, opens his hands wide in a gesture of like defeat or surrender. Well played, Lieutenant. Chaffinasir takes a seat on the edge of her vehicle. You weren't so bad. You'll get better next time. Mithra Nuruodo regards her with some seriousness. I have your word that the crystal will be used as you stated. Of course, yeah. And uh, when I'm done, I'll bring it around. I don't want this to go to House Chaff. Then we are agreed on that. Thrawn is silent for a few moments. Then he looks up. Lieutenant. Frina, please. Very well. And he smiles slightly. Frina, our relationship has been most educational. She smiles. I'm glad. I was worried you wouldn't like me. Thrawn looks a little surprised at this. Fear of the unknown is the mark of a lesser intellect. Thrawn is stroking his chin. Before we part, I wonder if you would indulge my curiosity. 
Um, probably. Your duel with Commander Tan. She swings her cane. Cortosis! Thrawn nods and says, Yes, a metal with most interesting properties. Not unlike the temple floor itself. Yes, I noticed! They're very similar. Thrawn looks left and he looks right. He says, This is a world of most interesting possibilities. I get the feeling that's not what you wanted to know. Thrawn nods in acknowledgement. My conversation with the lieutenant, which occurred at the same time as your duel with Lady Tan. Oh! He spreads his hands. Oh, um... I was using, uh, I just recorded a bunch of phrases that I was likely to say and then set the computer to a bunch of predictive algorithms because your speech patterns are really very predictable. Um, if you think back, I pretty much said uh, one long speech and checked in on you. At least I'm sure that's what I did. I have no idea. Did it work? Thrawn glints. I shall endeavor to vary my speech patterns in the future. <laughs> she snaps. <laughs> yeah, she snaps her fingers. Damn. Yeah, I guess you're going to stop underestimating me now. Thrawn looks at her, and this is the biggest smile he's ever done. On that, we agree. Aw. She does a big, like, show of a shruggy shrug mm -hmm. um, and stands up and brushes pretend lint off of her shoulders. Well, that'll about do, I guess. Until we meet again, Inspector. He regards her for a few moments and then says, Until we meet again, Frina. And she heads off into her ship and flies away. Thrawn sits down at the lip of the temple, and we do like a sundown transition thing. Yep. And the sun comes down over Thrawn's back, basically. And by this point, it's like, you know, mid-afternoon. Thrawn is just sitting placidly with his feet over the edge of the temple. And then he stands up when he hears an engine whine, and the G9 rigger is passing near the front of the temple. We cut briefly into the cockpit. Tap's, like, waving happily at Thrawn, because, like, he didn't see that whole exchange. Yeah. He has no real antagonism towards no, him. No, we're not picking this jerk up. Well, until we can't just leave him here. Why not? Well, because what will he eat? There's a jungle. He can fend for himself. Tap looks directly at Thrawn, and then he looks at Lin, and he says, Lintel, I don't think that Mithran Nuruadu is the kind of person to be able to survive alone in a jungle by himself. I mean, look at him. She smirks. Besides, there is that matter of the expeditionary library. That Lin had been, like, crouched with an elbow on the cockpit massaging her forehead. Mm -hmm. And at that, her massaging ceases. She sighs. Okay, bring it around. And the shot is then the down ramp over her shoulder of her going up to Thrawn. You need a ride back to Scylla? Thrawn looks at her, and after a few moments, he says, It would appear I have no choice. Lin's leku spike firmly into her back, and she rolls her eyes. You can just say please. He looks up at her. Please. She takes stock of how, like, sad he actually is. He's distracted. Yeah, and softens slightly. <sighs> yeah, okay. And reaches down a hand for him. And then the camera zooms in on her hand, and we see a blue hand and an orange hand grasping. Yeah. And then... And then it pulls out, and the camera pans up to the skyline, and there's, like, probably, like, an orange and blue moon mm -hmm. to this stupid planet. Mm -hmm. uh, and we end this sucker.